This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. This is your host, Darren Hood. Thanks, everyone, for joining me on today, and welcome to those of you who are listening to the podcast for the very first time. We are in the beginning of what I think is going to be a very brief series, but just something I think we need to address because of its importance, its relevance, and because of how many people are being affected by this. The the current topic is UX and the age of misinformation. So we're sort of kind of, we don't really have to pick up where we left off because we really didn't leave off anywhere, but we're just going to continue talking about this topic. And one of the first things that comes to mind today is just the reality of misinformation. There are a lot of times where I will talk about a topic or I may post something to social media and someone will respond to what I say or what I post, and they'll say, well, that's not just UX. Number one, uh, I never said it was just UX. Number two, and I'm not scolding anybody, I'm, I'm just citing a fact because one of the underlying elements of what we're talking about here is the need and importance of critical thinking. So that's really what I'm addressing. So I didn't say that it was only about UX. Uh, number two, my domain is UX. So when I am talking about something, I can only really speak about it authoritatively as it applies to the arena where I serve as an expert. So it's really funny because one of the reasons that misinformation is able to to have wings, so to speak, is because of the lack of critical of critical thinking and because people will you say one thing. Somebody will take the conversation in a completely different direction. You say something, people ignore the fact that you're an expert. And some people even get mad if you say you're an expert. If you're an expert, you're an expert. That doesn't mean that you're arrogant. It doesn't mean that you're proud. It doesn't mean that you have any issues, that you have an ego. It's a fact. Uh, Would you go to a doctor if he was not an expert? Would you want to go to a car repair person if he was not an expert? He or she was not an expert. Would you want to go or have somebody work on your lawn if they didn't know what they were doing? It, it's it, we, we are in such a sensitive society. It really fuels this whole misinformation thing because people who don't know what they're talking about, people who are experts make claims, and this is the first thing we'll address today, are making claims that are feeding into this whole misinformation train, if you will. You have people out, I've seen people and I've heard about people out on social media as a whole. I, I mentioned Medium and Reddit last week, but you mentioned the venue and it's it's just tough. From a standpoint of misinformation, the misinformation is abounding. Uh, Reddit, which I've just really started looking around and hearing about what's going on out there. And someone told me, they said, Darren, Reddit is toxic. And when I went out and looked before, just thinking about what they actually um, 
said after the fact, I was looking at Reddit before, so I wasn't influenced by bias or anything like that. And yes, there are people out there who feel that you cannot overcome bias. Not accurate. If you're disciplined, you can overcome bias. If you're going to excel as a user experience professional, you have to learn how to manage bias. People will say you can't manage bias. People will say there's nothing you can do to shut bias down. That's your world. That's in your world. The world that I live in, you need to recognize bias and you need to manage bias. You can never accurately or effectively put yourself in the shoes of users unless you can shut down bias because if you can't, no matter how many times you put on the user's shoes, it's you in their shoes, which really isn't them. So whatever you said, it's a crapshoot. Yes, you can definitely manage bias. Yes, you can identify your bias and you can turn that faucet and shut it off so you can think clearly. It's That's one of the reasons. Another reason that misinformation is abounding because there are people who think that we're overly limited. They think that there are things that we can't do. They think there are things that we can do. And they think that we can do things when we can't. And they think that we can't do things when we can. And so when those people get out there and share their biases, spread their fears, their anxieties, then they try to get other people to do the same thing. Yes, you can shut down your biases. We were in a conversation recently with a group of UX professionals where it was interesting because there was uh, a few people, a handful of people on the line, I should say, on this particular call meeting who were who had a lot of experience in the discipline. There were some mid to senior level people. There were some mid-level people. And there were some people who were just getting started in UX. And, and those of us who had a lot of experience are called upon frequently to share insights, to share our experiences, to they want to check and see if we have anything to say about the topic before we, we move on in the, in the dialogue. And, you know, I mean, we, we contribute what we can. If you know, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And, and you say as much, but when you get somebody who admitted comes on the call and admits that they have practically no experience in UX you would think that that person would not be talking. When I was in that person's shoes, I was all ears because I wanted to hear, I wanted to grow, I wanted to see what do I know that's accurate, what do I not know, where do I need to grow, where are my knowledge gaps, what do I need to do so that I can manage my own personal UX maturity. Well, this particular person comes on the call, introduces themselves, themselves, lets you know that they don't have, and when I say don't have any experience, I'm talking about a year or less of experience. But when you look at the the activity on that particular meeting, you would be shocked to see that the person with little to no experience was out talking everyone. So that's it. Again, trying to give this illustration when people who don't know anything and know that they don't know are pretending. And and this is the, 
another one of the bits of misinformation is popular and I'm going to share something that I, that I found out about on, on Reddit. People in this fake it till you make it club are some of the biggest problems in UX. Not only are they misrepresenting themselves and not only are they misrepresenting the discipline, but these people are devaluing, they're causing devaluation of the discipline. They're causing people to have an inaccurate understanding. There's your misinformation uh, just uh, being enacted there and applied. Uh, was the people receiving the misinformation don't know it's misinformation, as mentioned last week. No filter. If somebody doesn't have a filter, they don't know. All they know is that the person that's talking has more experience than them. They trust that person to give them accurate input. And folks, that's not what's happening a lot of times out here. So this person, less than a year of experience, and they're talking more than the people with 15, 20, 25 years of experience. That's not going to end well. And so this age of misinformation, which is something that should be shut down every time it rears its ugly head, instead, it has a full steam. It, it just, it's going full steam ahead here. And, and people, again, no filter. They accept it. These same people like to downplay seniors, people such as myself. They like to act like we don't exist. They bring this, uh, what I call a dystopian type of, of, of voice and tone to UX operation as if there's nobody who knows what's going on or that knows what's going on that can be trusted. And when people create that, type of a picture and they convince people that that's true. That's also misinformation. Are you seeing the trend here? When misinformation is presented and it's accepted as authentic and accurate, the next thing that's going to happen is people are going to begin to behave in accordance with that misinformation. And there is no way that that's going to play out well. That's why I'm on the air right now talking about this. That's why we spend time helping people grow everywhere. That's why we spend time informing people so that they can make good decisions and so that they can grow properly in the discipline of user experience. That's why we do it. And to help to shut down this misinformation. The more people that we can inform accurately, the better off the discipline will be the better off the individual will be, the better off the company will be that the person works for, the better off the users will be. Everybody wins. But when misinformation has wings, we've got issues, folks. We've got issues. This fake it till you make it. I have even seen people, and I don't think I mentioned this last week, and if I did, I'm just going to mention it again here anyway, and it's that I have seen people who know that they are not experts, they know where their knowledge gaps are to some extent, but they will not admit it. They will not admit it to anyone else. They will not admit it to anyone who has more experience than them. They don't want to be seen as somebody who lacks. So they, they put forth the effort to make themselves look like somebody that they're not. And I have seen these people before. They will sit and they will talk to you as an expert, and they will get information from you. And then they will go to someone else and talk about the same thing that they ask you about, 
but presenting it as if they're speaking from their heart and talking about something that they know so that some unsuspecting person, usually a person in leadership, in some cases it's people who are more junior because they want the junior to look up to them. So they gather this information. They sit and talk to people who are seniors, people who are experts, people who are thought leaders, in general, separating that from leaders. And then they they say the same things so that they can look like they're someone that they're not. It's hurting the discipline. I, I can't tell you how many times I have seen someone do that. How many times I've seen someone sit in a meeting and jot down what someone said, not because they're taking notes because there was something that impacted them and they want to go back and look at it later. I've seen people jot things like that down because they want to remember to talk about that later as if it's something they came up with. So this is rampant. It's rampant today in UX. It's really weird. Um, The, I, I heard recently about someone who, they're going through, because I talked about the the certifications. Uh, there are people who are, uh, companies are presenting certifications in UX, and they shouldn't. They're not, that's not really their arena. They, they can do, you can do that in-house all you want. When you come out and you offer it to the world, you're presenting to the world that you are a leader and that you have something to say in that arena. You're also saying that you're an educator. And if an organization is not an educator, but they present themselves, if they're not a leader in education, if they don't understand the tenets, T-E-N-E-T-S, I, I heard people, I've been seeing people sometime when they hear me say tenets, they think I'm saying tenons, uh, tenets, T-E-N-E-T-S, tenets, the basics, the principles of the discipline. If they don't, if people don't understand the tenets of education, then you cannot operate as an an educator. Uh, So that is another reason that misinformation is is wild. We're in the wild, wild west of UX anyway. And that's because people see themselves, they want to be in a position that they're looked up to for education. They want to be an authority in giving out certifications. And so there's nobody to stop them. So they just go out there and they do it. And then people like me say, no, you shouldn't do that. And, uh, and then it just becomes uh, in the minds of the people who were not informed. It becomes a he said, she said situation. And they don't realize that some of us that are talking are actually experts and we know better. But it, it just it just goes on and on. And before I even go to the next subtopic today, this misinformation train that we're talking about is liable to run for years and years and years. There is misinformation in practically every discipline on the planet. Somebody is teaching or doing something that is inaccurate. And everywhere where someone is teaching or doing something that is inaccurate, there is somebody who's embracing that inaccurate thing. So as long as there are people who don't have the filter and will embrace things like that, that's what keeps such a train as this moving along. So in the midst of all these things, I'm trying to help those of you that are listening to develop a sensitivity to information and to exercise the appropriate levels of critical thinking so you can overcome it on an individual basis, but it must be overcome on an individual basis. There are just far too many incidents 
it was or far too many examples, probably a better way of saying it, far too many modes of operation that are that are in motion out there today. So it's all we can do is help individuals overcome it. And that's it. I said I was going to share some examples and there's a, a couple things I, I've shared a few in general already, but there's a couple I've got documented that I want to share with you today. One of them it was something that I did on LinkedIn and, and I wasn't serious when I did this. Uh, it was something I did because someone posted a poll and in the poll, they asked people on LinkedIn, who would you rather learn user experience from? Would you rather learn it from a peer who has three or four years of experience or something like that? Very, yeah, about three or four approximately. Or from someone who's been around for 25 years. And the way that they worded it, the way that they even conducted it, this little poll, it was actually unethical. If you ask questions, if you, if you conduct a survey, you're supposed to make sure that you're sending the survey to a certain group of people. You can't just send it to, to an arena where it's guaranteed that the results are going to be biased. If you are sending, and, and this happens a lot, this is why people use data to lie. They use data to lie every day. If you go to a, what, how, what would you say, to a bagel shop and conduct Resource, uh, 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 research, as you call it, research, and that's really research must be ethical, but where it's not true research. Let's remember that. If you go to a bagel shop and you conduct a survey, it says, which is your favorite breakfast snack? Is it bagels or donuts? Between the two. We're not going to survey about anything else today, but which of the two? But you conduct that, that study, so-called study, at the bagel shop, you're going to guarantee that bagels will come out on top in that survey. It's, it's guaranteed. It's going to be at least probably 75 to 25%, if not higher, because of where you are conducting the research. When someone presents a question, asking someone who they would rather learn from, and the person who is presenting the poll, it only showed up on their timeline and the timelines of their friends or people who would like the poll, you're pretty much guaranteeing that the results are going to be skewed. And so people who are, who are afraid of seniors, people who think that we are gatekeepers, uh, cause that was that person's crowd. That means that the results are going to be skewed. And the last time I saw it, the results were 51% from a peer, 49% from the person with 25 years of experience. As a doctoral student, one who specializes in conducting research such as that, we're not even talking about UX yet, and I don't have to with this. We are trained to identify whether or not the research that is conducted is trustworthy or reliable. And we are trained to look at a paper that is said to be peer-reviewed, look at the methodology that was presented in the research because that, that will appear in a peer-reviewed paper. And then from that, we can tell whether or not it will be okay to judge the results 
of that research or whether we need to just throw this paper away and never look at it again unless we want to talk about how not to do research. I did the same thing when I saw that poll. And so you just threw it out. It, it was it was guaranteed that the results were going to be skewed. So I created a poll. Now, just using the same principles that I just mentioned, I am connected to seniors. I'm connected to mid-level. I'm connected to juniors. I, I have mentees all over the world. I have people that I talk to that I help grow in UX everywhere. People with skill sets that cover the entire gamut. And, and, and even because there are going to be some people in there, are people that are connected to me who don't like what I'm saying. So that's a pretty broad group. However, it, it was a joke. I, I wasn't serious with this, uh, but I was really shocked at what the results that I got. Here's the question that I presented. In response to a misguided poll, <laughs> the poll I just told you about, that was designed in a way to generate biased responses, uh, I asked the following question. Which person, see, and watch how I worded it. I didn't word it in a way that tipped people off. But I put that little leader in there, and it, some people realized I was joking, but very small percentage of people realized I was kidding. Which person would you rather provide input into the advancement of your UX career. Now, the joke is that only one of the three potential answers that you're about to hear is correct. Nobody wants to learn. If, if your well-being of your career is, de is dependent upon who you get information from, nobody wants to learn from someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. But this poll illustrates why misinformation has wings. So the three responses, the three, the three options are, are someone who's guessing. Number two, someone who knows. I didn't put a number on it. Just ask somebody who knows. And number three, both. And that was really a joke. Here are the results of that poll. Someone who's guessing, 6%. Both came in second place, 25%. And number one, 69%. Someone who knows. And 122 votes were tallied. That's not a large sample set. But it's really interesting when you consider the fact that there's really only one answer. Everybody should have said someone who knows. That, that's the joke of it. And there might have been a couple people who gave answers. At least that's what I was thinking. That some people gave answers to that question because they thought they'd be funny and just give a ridiculous answer to the question. But I forgot something. I have the ability to go in and see who voted, which I did. I had the ability to go in and look at their their skill set, their history in the discipline, how much experience they had, all these things were available to me. And I found it was the, the probability of someone joking about their response was minimal to none. People were giving answers. It looked like based on what I could deduce and based on what I saw, People were being pretty forthright with their answers. When you have 
122 votes, and 31% of them said that they would want to advance their career based on receiving input and information from someone who's guessing or someone who's guessing and a mix of someone who's guessing and someone who really knows what they're talking about. That's pretty bad, folks. We cannot overcome the the curse, the the disease that is misinformation when you have this many people. I mean, I actually may do this again just to see what, what I get because I only had 122 votes. I'd, I'd love to see what happened if I got 3,000 votes. But when you have, even with this sample set, 31% were willing to take on information that that is risky to be in a risky situation. And if that is our mindset, if that is reflective of us as user experience professionals, we have a problem. We have a problem, but did we need this, this faux poll to identify that? No, we didn't. Folks, misinformation as we wrap up today misinformation has wings it is moving like the speed of light at times people don't have respect for education or information the way that they should and because of that this information not only circulates at a rapid rate but some people are taking it as authoritative. And as long as that kind of information, as long as misinformation has wings, that serves as a constant threat to the well-being of the user experience discipline. I hope that those of you under the sound of my voice today, I hope that you make a, a, a concentrated effort, a committee of one to make sure that misinformation does not have wings when it comes to you. And if we can convince individuals to do that, we'll be better off for it in the long run. Folks, that's all the time that we have for today. We will pick up next week and share some more examples and some more issues illustrating why this is dangerous and and things we need to do to combat it. Although we'll still be talking about critical thinking all the time. (laughs) and probably give you some other resources as well. But let's take a stand against UX misinformation today so that we can all be better off for it, okay? This is Darren Hood signing off, the host of The World of UX. Happy UXing, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.